the Seattle Opera Podcast. Hello there, all you opera-loving podcast listeners. This is Jonathan Dean, Seattle Opera Dramaturg, Supertitles Guy, and rabid opera fanatic here today to talk about the tenors. I am not a singer, I hasten to add. And if I were, I'd be a bass, or maybe a bass baritone if I'm lucky. But like everybody who enjoys opera, I find a fantastic tenor voice irresistible, especially when wielded by a great artist. Tenors in opera are always singing about love, about the tragedy of love and its triumph, and sometimes their voices are so overwhelming it makes you want to laugh and cry at the same time. There's a madness associated with great tenor singing. Half the time the characters are on the verge of losing it, and every tenor's goal is to whisk the audience into a wild, irrational froth of passion and pathos. There are lots of different ways of accomplishing that, and many different types of tenor voices. My goal for this podcast is to introduce you to various categories of tenor, and also to a couple of national styles. Plus, in these VoiceWise podcasts, I get to share archival recordings honoring some of the many wonderful tenors who've driven Seattle audiences over the edge, going back to the very early days of our company. Let's start with the extremes. Tenors who can move supple voices very quickly, and on the other side of the aisle, those whose voices are a bit sturdier. Sometimes you'll hear opera lovers refer to light tenors, but we aren't consistent about what to call the other group. The opposite of light might be dark or heavy, but those words don't do a very good job of describing beautiful voices. The Italians have a pair of terms I rather like, the tenori di grazia and the tenori di forza. So that's tenors who are distinguished by grace or elegance on the one hand, and those who are remarkable for force or strength and power on the other. The lightest, most graceful and flexible type of tenor is sometimes called the Rossini tenor. Oh, 
that was Edgardo Rocha, who's from Uruguay, singing the aria of Don Ramiro, the Prince Charming character, from Rossini's Cinderella opera, La Cenerentola. Like most tenors, he's singing about love. He's vowing to go find the mysterious beauty at the ball who has captured his heart. What makes the Rossini tenor voice so remarkable is its clarity, its precision, its agility, not to mention the lovely quality of his sound. Seattle's favorite tenor di grazia is probably Lawrence Brownlee, whose gifts include not only outrageous technical mastery and skill, but also one of the most gorgeous and utterly individual sounds you've ever heard. Here's Brownlee singing about, you guessed it, love, from the performance that won him his Artist of the Year award, I Puritani, by Bellini. So how does a lovely, sweet voice like that froth an opera audience into passionate madness? Often it has to do with the contrast between the beauty and simplicity of the sound and the dire situation of the story. Here's an example from a much older opera, Gluck's Iphigenie en Tauride. This tenor is singing about love, as usual, but here it's the passionate devotion of best friends who are brothers in all but name. The situation couldn't be worse. Driven mad by ancient family guilt, Orestes has fled to the ends of the earth where he was shipwrecked in a terrible storm at sea and then captured by a savage call to our big unhuman sacrifice. His companion, the tenor, Pylades, who is wed to Orestes as Sam is to Frodo, tries to comfort his friend with this heartbreaking music. His words are basically, at least we'll die as we have always lived together.
That was William Burden, another of Seattle's favorite tenors, a beautiful distinctive sound, and an artist of inspiring emotional courage and honesty. I have one more tenor di grazia I'd like to share before we cross the aisle to hear some of those more forceful tenors. And again, it's the simple perfection of the tenor di grazia that slays us. Here, there's no question of force. This sound is a prayer, an offering, a thanksgiving, a hope. No composer could write this unspeakably perfect kind of music like Mozart. Music that sounds like dictation taken from God. It's almost out of place in its context, in the middle of the silly sex comedy Così fan tutte. But a great singer like Matthew Polanzani takes us out of the shenanigans of Così and onto a cosmic stage when he sings Un Aura Marosa. Okay, so you've got the sound of the tenor di grazia in your ears. Let's go now and listen to the other side. As orchestras got bigger and bigger over the course of opera history, voices had to develop more power, heft, and sheen to keep up with them, or in some cases, to pierce through them. You'll sometimes hear people talk about heroic voices, tenors whose voices shine like brassy trumpets or who cut like swords. Listen to another of Seattle's favorite tenors, Ben Hepner. Neither of those metaphors, brass or steel, 
describe this voice to me. His sound has too much sweetness, too much golden honey in it for such metallic imagery. Yet Hepner's power to dominate a noisy orchestra and project his character's intense inner drama out over all of us was formidable. Here's Ben Hepner singing some of the ravings of the crazed Tristan from Act Three of Wagner's Tristan und Isolde. Tenors who excel at those exhausting Wagner roles are sometimes called Helden tenors. It's German for heroic tenor. But it's not exclusively a German thing. Here's an American tenor, James McCracken, who sang in Seattle many times when our company was young. He's up against a big, late romantic orchestra in an opera by Giuseppe Verdi, Otello, roaring the heartbreak and frantic fury of Shakespeare's noble, gullible, more of Venice. company was only four years old in 1967 when McCracken sang Otello in Seattle. General Director Glenn Ross later wrote that we weren't ready as a company to present that challenging opera, but Ross also figured McCracken couldn't keep singing like that for very long, so he'd better get him while the getting was good. 
These heroic tenor voices are so rare, there's a standard running gag in the world of opera about the general director who steps out on stage before a full house to ask, um, is there anybody in the house who can sing Siegfried? Unfortunately, that's a situation that's happened at Seattle Opera several times. Siegfried is an all but impossible role. The hero of two of Wagner's ring operas, the orchestra is enormous, the operas are extremely long, the character never shuts up, and there's non-stop heroic action. He forges a sword, kills a dragon, shatters a spear, climbs a mountain, crosses a magic ring of fire, rides a horse, sails a ship, and finally takes a spear in the back while out hunting, all of that on stage. There's also a suspension of disbelief issue with this character. Because of its extreme vocal demands, what you get with Siegfried is a grown man acting like an impetuous, hyperactive teenager. A real teenager might be more likable in this role, but a real teenager would injure himself trying to sing this music. Here is Stefan Winke, who many Seattleites consider our best Siegfried yet. Moments before he is stabbed to death, the boy is telling everybody about how the bird led him to the fire-surrounded mountain and how he awoke the sleeping beauty he found there with a kiss. Nobody struts or crows with victory like a tenor. The Germans do it, and so do the Italians.
Let's listen to two extremely cocky Italian tenors, one the tenor di forza, the other more a tenor di grazia. Nessun Dorma from Turandot is not only one of the most beloved arias in all opera, it's one of the most confident, or arrogant, if you like. The Unknown Prince has not only solved all of the Ice Princess Turandot's riddles, he has stumped her with a riddle of his own. Who am I? My mystery is locked within me, he sings. No one will know who I am until I whisper my name to you at sunrise with a kiss. He's so sure the fire of his love will melt her frozen heart, he concludes the aria with a blazingly hot high C on the word vincero, meaning I will win. Here is Antonello Palumbi, who sang many great performances of these heroic Italian tenor roles in Seattle. As a kid, that aria became the theme song for Luciano Pavarotti, who wasn't exactly the right voice for the rest of the role. The Unknown Prince sings more of that tenor di forza, balls-to-the-wall singing, than the elegant and debonair tenor di grazia, which was Pavarotti's bread and butter. Compare the turned-out prince's victory cry with the fashionable carelessness of another very Italian tenor, that seductive but amoral playboy, the Duke of Mantua from Verdi's Rigoletto, who knows he can have every woman he wants. Here's the wonderful Sardinian tenor Francesco de Muro singing about the faithlessness of women in La Donna Immobile. Oh, 
That light and frivolous character requires a voice which shines up top and doesn't seem to care too much about obeying the law of gravity. Here's a much more serious tragic aria written by the same composer a few years earlier and another lyric tenor from another island in the Mediterranean. Demuro, who you just heard, is from Sardinia. Here's Joseph Kaleha, who's from Malta, and who sang the role of Macduff in Verdi's Macbeth for us. He's mourning his slaughtered wife and children and vowing to avenge them by bringing down the bloody tyrant himself. So now we're in the middle, smack dab between the tenor di grazia and the tenor di forza, listening to that coverall category known as the lyric tenor. Lyric just means singing, so that's not a very specific term. I suppose it differentiates singer tenors from what are called character tenors, also known as spiel tenors or even silly tenors. That's a very important job in opera, but it's not so much about vocal display. Character tenors come on stage with a lot of outrageous energy and spicy personality. They play villains, sidekicks, nudniks, comic relief, foppish rivals, wheezing lawyers, etc. They never hang around too long, but they almost never get a chance to open up and let their voices soar. So there aren't a lot of great aural moments for character tenor I can share with you. I want you to listen to one that I find very special. It's the tenor line in the middle of the silly sextet from the third act of The Marriage of Figaro. 
That opera is all about basses and baritones, Figaro and the Count. There are two character tenor roles who add tension to the complicated plot, the slimy sycophant Don Basilio and the severe judge Don Curzio. Curzio is on stage during the sextet. In fact, he sings one of its most exquisite phrases as the music builds towards its climax. Listen for the lovely clear voice of Scottish character tenor Alistair Elliott in the middle of this ensemble. inner voice lines that make Mozart's ensemble so rich and proof that a character tenor needs a great voice even if the audience is never asked to focus on it. There's one other kind of tenor you will occasionally encounter and for lack of a better categorical term I'll call him the tenor who's good with words. He sings those special leading roles, they're few and far between, where the tenor cares about something other than his love life. Here is a wonderful singer who has made invaluable contributions to Seattle Opera in other capacities as a stage director and teacher, as well as a text-loving tenor. It's Peter Cazares in his signature role of Loga, the cunning fire god, a role Cazares sang over four Seattle summers in Wagner's Ring. As you listen, even if you don't understand German, you'll hear how Cazares colors every word with emotion, how much meaning he brings to both the glorious vowels and the intricate consonants. He's telling the story of how Alberich stole the gold from the Rhine River, trying to work everybody into righteous indignation at the crime, a complex situation and a role requiring a tenor with equal parts brain and heart.
So, where have we gotten to in the land of tenors? We're in the vast territory of the lyric tenor, a voice that's easy on the ears and doesn't require excessive graceful agility, nor too much steel. There's a lot of variety here. What matters is that when everything's at stake and the character's in some extreme situation, the singer must sing as though his life depended on it. When every molecule of a lyric tenor's being resonates in his voice, we get that extraordinary experience, which is why we came to the opera in the first place. Here is Marcello Giordani singing the heartbreak of Edgardo, who thinks he has been dumped by Lucia di Lammermoor. We've been listening to lots of Italian tenors, plus a couple roles from German operas. What about the French? There is a French tenor sound. It tends to have a bit more spine to it than some of those lighter Italian tenors, and the characters are hardly ever light of heart or free of care. Like most tenors, he's always in love. Bien sûr. But when a French tenor falls in love, it can be a white-knuckled situation. Here's Don José trying to explain how he feels about going to prison for the sake of Carmen. It's not the greatest tape in our archive, but it was a great performance. The tenor is Neil Shikoff.
Don José is a French tenor turned inside out by love over the course of his opera. Another great French tenor role, another man driven mad by love, is Hoffman from The Tales of Hoffman. Hoffman sings the following intense love music to the third of his three doomed beloveds, the one who's trying to steal his soul. He doesn't know that's her ambition. In fact, he doesn't know or care anything about her. He just has a desperate need to love somebody. And when he sings this music properly, his soul emerges from his throat and comes within her grasp. Listen to the wonderful American tenor Russell Thomas. I have a very special performance of a French opera about another wildly ardent, lovesick tenor from Seattle Opera's Wayback Machine. The trick is, this performance stars the extraordinary Italian tenor Franco Corelli, who sang in Seattle a couple times in the 60s. Stylistically, he's not the right voice for the very French music of Gounod's Romeo et Juliette, based on Shakespeare. A real French tenor might show more restraint, more fantasy, than this extremely flesh-and-blood Italian. But what a compelling performance. In addition to his amazing voice, Corelli was one of the most handsome tenors who ever lived, and you can hear from the audience reaction how much they adored him.
Let's conclude with a more idiomatic French sound, in this case, American tenor Vincent Cole, who was one of Seattle's favorite tenors for many years. When I first moved to Seattle in the 90s, I remember a friend telling me, oh, Vincent Cole, I'd listen to that man sing anything. He did sing everything for us, from Gluck to Richard Strauss, but his voice was especially suited to French opera and his personality to French tenor heroes, with their curious mix of power and fragility, strength and vulnerability, pain in pleasure, and triumph in tragedy. Here is Vincent Cole as Massenet's Werther. So there you have it. That's how tenors make opera audiences go nuts. With their passionate love songs, sweet, honeyed voices, heart-on-the-sleeve intensity, and blazing high notes, tenors infect us all with their moon madness, and we love it. That's the power of great opera, brought to you through the courtesy of the tenor voice. Thanks for listening. This is Jonathan Dean for Seattle Opera. <laughs>